It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Baseball is back, and the Reds are poised for one of the best seasons in franchise history. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. We don't want to just win, we want to dominate. And here we go. Hey, what's up? Welcome in. Thanks for downloading today's episode and listening. We're going to talk about another Reds loss. A couple of points of interest to be optimistic about here in just a minute. Also going to get to some Locked On Reds line stuff. Before we get into all of that, though, make sure that you follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, Check out the Lockdown Reds line, like I mentioned, 513-549-0159, and make sure that you're subscribed on whatever platform you're currently listening to. Look at that. Mixed up the order. Did I throw you off? Anyway, let's talk about this game. So, the Reds lose. 2-0. It's their first shutout loss of the season. The Reds muster a total of three hits, and they get another couple of walks on top of that. Uh, Make that six. They had plenty of base runners in this one, and it was a little frustrating to see the lack of execution. There were three specific times I can think of when runners were in scoring position and somebody either hit a weak pop fly or they struck out. Like, you know, no ability to create runs out of a situation where it shouldn't be that hard. Just put the ball in play, hit a single, hit a long fly ball for a sack fly, something of that nature. And a lot of it was striking out looking. Now, we could sit here and say, oh boy, that umpire, he just wasn't that great. And there were a couple of times where I said that to myself while I was watching this game, like, what are we doing? But at the same token, you can't leave it in the umpire's hands. That's something that I say with any sport, with any sports team that I love watching. If you're leaving it in the umpire's hands, you're doing it wrong. That's what happened to the Reds tonight. Last night, there were a couple of other issues of course the bullpen came in and gave up a couple of base on balls and also looked a little questionable now I'm not going to pin that all on Michael Lorenzen yeah sure he did give up a walk and he did give up a hit but it was like my friend Nick Kirby on Twitter tweeted out the exit velocities that were on those hits were just very weak so it looked like maybe it was bad positioning maybe it was something like that just bad luck for the Reds, another night in which the Indians just don't really hit, but they pitch super well. And it wasn't even as if Clevenger was as dominant as Shane Bieber was. The, the Reds just could not get anything going. I've, I've got a couple of thoughts on that. I'm going to compare the offense of this team 20% of the way through 2020. I'm going to compare it to 2012's offense and where they were and where that team looked at 20% of the way through that season. We're going to do that here in just a minute, but also I wanted to point out that when you look at this night, TJ Antone had a nice performance. He was called on to start in a spot 
position thanks to the doubleheader on Sunday that kind of messed up the rotation. David Bell really wasn't trying to pitch a guy on short rest and then mess everything up, so he just kind of filled it in with TJ Antone, and I thought TJ did pretty well for the most part. We'll get to his stats here on the three stars of the game, but again, the defense as well, it's it's going to be a problem. Look, if there are going to be a couple of games, and there already have been these last two nights, I peg on the defense a little bit here, especially tonight with Josh Van Meter. Like, when you've got a runner on third that literally steps on third the moment that you catch the ball for the force out at second base, you have to throw that guy out if he tries to run home. He tried to run home. Josh Van Meter makes a terrible throw, and the run scores. Defensively, another poor performance. In fact, last night was not Josh Van Meter's night. He was over two with two uh, strikeouts looking and made a terrible play there at second base. I just not a great night for him overall. But there's going to be those nights if the if the offense does not begin to pick up and get some kind of consistency. And then we're going to see the gloves be a lot more of an issue moving forward. So here's the thing about the bats. I, I, I was looking at this. If you look back at 2012, through the first 20% of the games, which back then was 32 games instead of 12, they weren't even as good as the Reds are now. I, I, I was, I've been a little worried about the way that the bats have produced runs because it's just been so inconsistent. But 2012, they actually averaged less runs per game in the first 32 games than the Reds have here in these first 12. Now, they were 16 and 16. We all remember how good that 2012 team was, right? We we weren't thinking at any point during that season that they might not be what we think they are. The Reds this year, we're starting to wonder, are they going to be what we hope they could be? But I think we're going to be all right. 20% of the way through the season, yeah, sure, we're two games under 500. The Reds are, not we. I don't know why I keep saying we. The Reds are two games under 500, but they actually average more runs per game, 4.3, than the 2012 team did. So they just need a couple of things to start going their way. I know that's not the most analytical statement. I'm not really drawing on a whole lot of statistical reasoning there to come to that conclusion, but I feel like there's just been so many different points during these last couple of games where you look at it and you go, man, that just didn't go the Reds' way. And I think that's something that when that starts to turn around, this team is going to be absolutely just fine. Now they are in third place in the NL Central as the Brewers beat the White Sox one to nothing and the Cubs continue to just dominate the Royals. They won last night and extended their lead to five games over the Reds in first place. They're also four games ahead of the Brewers. So that run needs to start pretty quickly. But all in all, I'm not worried about the rest of the season. I still think these Reds have time to get to where we know they could be. The Reds' three stars. Number one, T.J. Antone pitched four and a third innings, allowing just two hits and one earned run. He had four strikeouts. He did have four walks, though, but an all-in-all, pretty good start for his first one. Number two. The bullpen actually looked pretty good. In three and two-thirds innings, they only allowed one earned run on two hits 
and two walks with three strikeouts. Three. Nick Castellanos rounds out our three stars. He went one for three with a walk, and it was a single, I know, but he has a hit in every single game this season. And also, there really wasn't a whole lot of stars to point out last night. Look, the bullpen was pretty decent. I know people like to uh, hate on them because, oh, they gave up a run, and technically, Lorenzen gave up the game. They charged the loss to TJ Antone because it was his runner that scored. But I, I don't necessarily look at the bullpen as blowing last night's game. And maybe that's just looking at it through Red's color goggles, but part of that was the lineup. The lineup got completely shut down whenever they needed it the most. There was just a couple of hits that if they would have had it, man, this could have been blown wide open because there were runners in scoring position. It just didn't work out. Want to get to some Locked On Red's line stuff here in a minute. Also some news and notes on a couple of different uh items. But before we get to that, I wanted to let you know that tomorrow we'll be having Rob Carpenter back for part two of talking about stories from covering the Reds locker room and other locker rooms. If you missed yesterday's episode, Jake Lisko from Locked On Bengals joined me to talk some stat cast stuff. Had some really informative information. Yeah, that works. Informative information in there from Jake looking at exit velocity, barrels, all that stuff. If that is something that you have looked at and you're just like, I don't know, I I know that this is important, but I don't really get it. Yesterday was a really good informative podcast with Jake. Speaking of informative, if you're looking to do some work on your car, check out rockauto.com. They've got all the parts your car will ever need, and they're really easy to use as far as a website goes looking for car parts if you're not mechanically savvy and not a lot of us are they've got the kind of interface that will help you find the parts that you need for your car you just go to rockauto.com on the left side they've got all the different car companies you find your car company find your make your model your year all that good stuff it drops down with a list of all the parts for your car if you need brakes you need struts you need shocks whatever it is it'll be on there and they've got reliable reliably low prices. You're probably thinking, why on earth am I going to buy my own parts? Well, guess what? You'll save money buying your own parts and then bringing them to the shop with you. It saves you money. So check out rockauto.com and in the checkout section, it'll have a thing that says, how'd you hear about us? Type in Locked On MLB to let them know that Jeff from Locked On Red sent you. That's rockauto.com and in the how'd you hear about us area, Locked On MLB. Rockauto.com has all the parts that your car will ever need. Also, have you been hungry lately? I mean, raise your hand if you have not been hungry, because if you haven't, then you're probably some kind of crazy superhero, super mutant thing, and I don't even know what that means. Check out the Postmates app for your next meal. They're going to bring it right to you, and they've got all kind of great restaurants on that app. If you're looking for a sandwich from Jersey Mike's, you can get you some cheese conies from Skyline. Hell, they've even got McDonald's on there. Check out Postmates and enter the promo code Locked On for free delivery for your first seven days of up to $100 with no order minimum. And even if you need just a couple of items from the store but you don't want to go out, Postmates will do that too. They've got pharmacies, they've got Kroger, all that good stuff. Check it out. You can get exactly what you need brought right to you. You don't even have to get up off the couch. Download the Postmates app and enter the promo code Locked On for free delivery for your next seven days of up to $100. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N in the Postmates app. Next time you're hungry, whatever you're hungry for, Postmate it. 
couple of news and notes for our red legs. Mike Mostakis had his left quad examined on Wednesday. David Bell described the injury as a deep bruise or a mild strain. And a quote from him in the article for the Inquirer by Bobby Nightingale said, quote, It is something that we eventually think he's going to play through, really as early as being in the starting lineup Thursday or Friday. We might be optimistic, but that's what we're shooting for, so it could be a lot worse. That's David Bell talking, not me. That's a quote from him in the article. Basically, Moose should be back here pretty soon. The Reds did have a couple of guys on their taxi squad for their trip up to Cleveland, Francisco Pena at catcher and Jose De Leon at pitcher. Now, today at noon, the Reds will have to trim their roster to 28 guys. They've currently got a 30-man roster. It goes down to 28 at noon. Not super sure who they're going to send to Prasco. They're up in Mason for the taxi squad off of the active roster, but I could probably venture a guess and say that they'll send Josh Van Meter, and they may send TJ Anton, which some people would be like, well, what on earth are they doing that for? Because he's pitched a couple of good outings for them. He's only filled in when needed for Wade Miley in that terrible start, and then today or yesterday when they just needed to reset the rotation after that double header. All in all, I don't think they'll send down one of the lefties in Brooks Raley or Cody Reed. Number one, because their last outings were pretty good, but Brooks Raley pitched a perfect eighth inning up in Cleveland yesterday, and Cody Reed had a good outing on Tuesday with a perfect ninth inning as well. Plus, it's a luxury to have that many lefties on the roster and the bullpen after Amir Garrett. I don't know. I mean... This is kind of just me guessing and not necessarily picking something that seems obvious. But when it comes to this 30-man roster and all these bullpen options, I thought it was intriguing that Joel Luckup, recurring guest here on the Locked on Reds podcast, tweeted out a graph of all the relief pitchers who have seen action over the last eight days. And, and this was leading up to last night's game. And Nate Jones had as many appearances as Michael Lorenzen and Amir Garrett combined. I don't think that that is a good thing. I I think that that is a little silly. I think that your main guys are Lorenzen and Garrett, along with Rysel Iglesias, and those are the guys that need to be pitching a lot more often. The fact that we're seeing Nate Jones this much is kind of confusing, and you could maybe say, well, David Bell is trying to save his, his really good relievers for later on in the season, Okay, but you're you're got a lot of time in between appearances for both Garrett and Lorenzen. It's kind of hard to get into a groove. Kind of hard to get into a routine and to build on your last appearance. I want to see more from them. I want to see more appearances. Now, that being said, both of them pitched on Wednesday night. So hopefully, we're seeing more of that. Hopefully we're going to see a lot more of the main relievers, our guys that we want to lean on. That's what we need. All right, let's do a couple locked on Reds line stuff. I'm going to start first off with Chad from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I've been saying that wrong. I think I've been saying Lancaster. It's Lancaster, which funny story about that, by the way, I lived in North Alabama in Huntsville, Alabama for a couple of years and near Huntsville, Alabama is a place called Arab, Alabama. Now, if you look it up on a map, it is spelled A-R-A-B. So you're probably thinking, isn't it Arab? If you call it Arab, 
to somebody who grew up in Arab, they will absolutely just yell at you. They, they will be very offended by the way that you pronounce their town. They think that it's Arab and not Arab. Uh, I just, I thought that was always funny. So, but yes, it's Lancaster, not Lancaster. So Lancaster, he has a couple of things. First off, I like this one. Said, it seems like the Reds leave a lot of runners on base, especially in scoring position. Do we lead the majors in left on base, runners left on base? Seems like we did last year as well. So looking at it on baseball reference, and this is leading up to last night's game, the Reds had left 68 runners on base. Believe it or not, the league average going into last night's games was 66. That's right. They're only two over league average, which is hilarious because actually, Chad, I would have thought it was a lot higher as well. The team that leads the league and runners left on base, the New York Mets, they've left 106 runners on base, and that was going into last night's game. That's kind of phenomenal. The Mets also lead the league in like the worst bullpen and, and, and stuff like that too, which is hilarious that the only two teams that have baseballs as mascots currently are just having the most you know, annoying things when it comes to the bullpen. But anyway, yes, so runners left on base. The Reds aren't actually as bad as we think, which is kind of weird because I thought they would be a lot worse. And he also says this, true or false, if the Reds had just a league average bullpen – they would only have one loss right now, maybe two at the most. Chad, I appreciate the text. Uh, very thought-provoking as well. I think I'd say false. There was, there was a couple of games in there where now the record obviously would be better. I, I think they'd be 8-4 and four if they had a league average bullpen, which is to say that there's plenty of hope because it's not going to take that much for the Reds to have a league average bullpen compared to right now. So I think they can improve to that level, and that will get them to the talent and the win-loss capability that we all think that they can have. But at the same token right now, it's what's cost them a few more games, and it's the reason that they're under 500. If they had a league average bullpen, they'd be over 500. I firmly believe they'd be 8-4. and four. Of course, that's me just believing. That's not necessarily a whole lot of numbers behind that. But I do agree with you. It would be better. Our next text message comes from Jared in Cincinnati. He asks, I've seen some articles and heard some rumors that the Reds are looking into Michael Givens. Do you think this would be a smart trade? And what do you think the Reds would have to give up to get him? Thanks for the question, Jared. When, when I look at Michael Givens, obviously pretty good reliever for the Baltimore Orioles over the last couple of years. His ERA in 2019 wasn't necessarily the best, but overall his career ERA is 3.37. Last year it was 4.57, and his FIP is right around his ERA, so he doesn't really get cheated a whole lot. One thing that is very nice about him is his career strikeouts per nine is 10.8. His career strikeouts per walk ratio is also pretty good at 3.14, and he doesn't give up a whole lot of home runs, less than one on average, or less than, you know, less than one home run per nine innings for his career. So he's a guy that I would love to see the Reds go after. Now, as far as what it would cost, all that good stuff, 
they may have to give up a mid-level prospect for the simple fact that he's arbitration eligible next year, so he still has one more year of control after this year, which definitely is an enticing reason to go and get him. And the Orioles kind of have him high on their list of possible trade chips as they continue to rebuild. It seems like they've been rebuilding for a long time now. So maybe the Reds could get him for a mid-level prospect. The thing will be, it has to be somebody that is currently on the 60-man roster, so somebody from Prasco will be the person that is traded for Givens. It won't just be somebody that is inconsequential to the team. Now, that being said, I think it'd be worth at least looking at. I'm having trouble finding too many articles talking about what may or may not be in play, and it may just be something that Dick Williams has kind of given the Orioles a call about to see what they think about the possibility of trading him, and maybe we'll hear more about this down the line, but I like the idea. Mid-level guy, probably, I I don't know, this is me just spitballing with a kind of trade, maybe... I don't know, Stuart Fairchild or Alex Powers. But again, that's that's just kind of a thought process there. Might talk to a couple more people about that. But that is an interesting target for the Reds. Still keeping my fingers crossed and hoping that they go after Francisco Lindor. But that's just me. But if they can get Michael, don't call me Raylan Givens. Shout out to those of you who love the show Justified. One of my favorite shows. That show's just amazing. You can find it on Hulu. But yeah, if, if they can go get him and it's not too expensive, too uh, detrimental to the long-term success of the team, then I like it. He he would be a good arm to put in the bullpen. All right, that's going to do it for us here today. Thank you so much for the Locked On Reds line text messages and questions and all that good stuff. Make sure you get them in at 513-549-0159. going to continue to do this all throughout the season. Also on Twitter, at Jeff Carr with three Fs and at Locked On Reds on Twitter. Facebook and Instagram and follow, you know, make sure that you're subscribed to the show on all the many podcasting platforms, but thank you guys so much. Hopefully we'll be talking about a win and a series split for the Ohio cup tomorrow. And Rob Carpenter's back for part two of my chat with him. You're not going to want to miss that, but for now, tell your smart device to play locked on major league baseball. And I'll talk to all of you tomorrow. Let's go Rex. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.